Chris Wenzelkin, and this is On the Line, my NBA podcast where I talk to my friends living around the country about all things NBA playoffs. They're here. Round two. It's happening. Let's go. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website. That's www.onthelinepodcast.com. Hop into a deep dive. Check out a draft. It's all up there on the website. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. I greatly appreciate it. All right. The 2019 NBA playoffs are off and running. Matt Hobby's on the line. Matt, your uh, your infant daughter is fed and asleep. The Rockets and Warriors have graced us with a round two matchup. All is right in the world. How's everything out in L.A., Matt? I tell you what, she's snoozing. It's time for Dad to do a pod. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. That's it. As soon as she goes down, Daddy's hopping on a pod. Yeah, then it's time for the boys to talk. Um, exactly. How you doing, man? How, what a what a couple of uh, rounds of NBA playoff action we've had, huh? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. I think we're starting to get into. I th- I feel like uh, Nuggets Spurs really kind of saved the first round as far yep. as entertainment value. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and these uh, the, the plucky Clippers, the plucky Clippers, definitely. Yeah, I think Dame Dame Lillard also, I mean, provided us like a a bit wow. of adrenaline, like that that his whole performance, like the series itself, wasn't like especially competitive, but like just watching him pull it out of his ass on a night to night basis was pretty exhilarating. Lillard, long range three. But I think you're right. I think like most of those round one series, it was pretty clear after two games, usually you kind of knew who was going to win the series and it was just a matter of time. And uh, yeah, yeah, what a weird finish between the Spurs and the Nuggets. Uh, I haven't been able to do a pod since that, since that game wrapped up, but God, what, what a, what a weird finale that one was, huh? So strange to have like two, like, you know, veteran veteran players just drop the ball you know yeah just really drop the ball like that yeah and uh, yeah i mean i you know don't need to lean into it too hard i mean like you know i feel like uh lamarcus aldrin has been so good for the spurs since they brought him in and so consistent um that you just kind of I don't know. Maybe you give him a pass. What the hell happened um, though? So there was uh, for for the audience listening at home. So there's forty. What there were like forty fifty seconds left in the game. Um, Denver's bringing the ball up, and they. Well, I think it was even like less. I think it was like there was like less than a shot clock. I think it was okay. maybe twenty four twenty five seconds. Oh right, right. Maybe just a little over a shot clock. So maybe okay. A, like three seconds between shot clock and game clock. Right. And. Uh, Jokic brings the ball up, and he just stops dribbling basically as soon as he crosses half court. Right. And just, Lamarcus Aldridge just kind of stands there. He's just waiting to be fouled. In his defensive stance, and he's. I mean, I think Jokic was sort of expecting to be fouled. Yeah. And then uh, Jamal Murray ran around Jokic like he's going to take a dribble handoff. Patty Mills runs under the sort of soft screen from Jokic. Also, could have fouled. Didn't foul. Just kept on intensely moving after Jamal Murray. No fouls to give. Jokic has a triple-double now. 
Shot clock at two. Murray's got to go. Big shot up. And it in and out it goes. I I couldn't believe it when that happened. Yeah, I mean. Patty Mills like slipped in between LaMarcus and Jokic. And I was like, well, he'll foul him. You know, and it's like crazy that two people would. And I feel like off the ball, you could see Bryn Forbes wanted to slide over and foul, but was afraid of walking away because he's one pass away from a three-point shooter. Right, right, right. And so, you know, it's like it, it, it was just a, a crazy thing to see Pop screaming at them to to foul. And, um, you know, fortunately for Denver, the, the crowd was so hyped and so pumped for these nuggos that uh, – that that they couldn't hear pop. They couldn't hear pop over the crowd in Denver, which is wonderful. I mean, so great. You know, the Nuggets have just been in the shadow of the Broncos for so long. Yes. And now they've got like a, a genuine like crowd that is juiced. Yeah, they got them. an exciting thing. They definitely have an exciting thing. Uh, yeah. It was just so strange. It was so strange to see Pop out at half court screaming, screaming at his players to foul, 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 and no one did anything. And then no one did anything. You know, Denver takes the shot. They miss it. Look at two. Murray's got to go. Big shot up, and it in, and out it goes. And that is going to take us to the end. DeRozan doesn't get a shot. That's the end of the game. And the DeRozan, you know, gets the ball with like what, I, what was there like two or three seconds left on the clock. He's just yeah, sprinting. He doesn't even get a shot off, and and that's how the game ends. It was like pretty anticlimactic. Um, yeah. But, and it's funny because yeah. like you, you go like, well, you know, they foul Jokic. He's probably going to make at least one of two. Then it's a five-point game. Like, how much can they really run it out? But then you watch, like, Houston <laughs> yeah. last night last against night, Golden man. State. <laughs> I know. And it's like they take it from a nine-point game to a three-point game yeah. in, like, 15 seconds. I know. Crazy and, things like, can happen. Just, yeah. But, like, and it really is that thing of like an errant pass, you know what I mean? Know. Or yeah, you never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like always, always extend the game. Always right. extend the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, without relitigating too much of round one, I know you went to yeah. the Clippers to the deciding Clippers uh, Warriors game six at Staples mm-hmm. Center. Um, yeah. I wanted to quickly hear about that experience from you. What was it like being in the arena? Some takeaways from the game. I know you had a you had a run in with a, a certain father of an NBA superstar online while getting a beer. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, as I was waiting in line to to grab a a, a, a beer to go in, um, I looked to my right and uh, towering over me, Del Curry. Wow. Del Curry, just yeah. standing there. Yeah. Um, talking to a friend, um, also grabbing some drinks. And I looked to my left, and there's a guy who was just like jaw on the floor staring at Del Curry. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, part of living in Los Angeles is like you see, you see people of note of fame around, and you sort of just start to go left. Okay, I'm just going to let them yeah i'm gonna leave them alone i'm not gonna like confront them or or like try to try to engage them and have some sort of like meaningful conversation or whatever um and uh but this guy was just like yeah curry (laughs) he was like his tongue was hanging out of his mouth it was so funny he and i made eye contact and i was like yeah 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 and he was like, oh, man. He's like trying to hit his buddy. And I don't think his friend even knew who Del Curry was, which is also a very LA thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, but it was great. Um, 
the the crowd was hyped, man. Yeah. I gotta say, like this, I, like the, the Lakers Clippers rivalry, if you can even call it that. You know, I feel like during the Lob City years of the Clippers, the Clippers were like the fun kind of hipster team to go see. Yeah, and the Lakers were like the establishment team. You know, it's very much like a Yankees Mets yes. thing. Yep. Like yep, yep, yep. The, the Met, you know, the Mets are the working man's team, and the Yankees are the team that is like the establishment. Know. They'll always be exactly. good and relevant and more important. Right, it, to some degree, but you always hope that the Mets will become right. the city's team. Right, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah, like but they, but they need a story. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. need a like the the Mets, also the Clippers. They need a story to tell to become the the team of Los Angeles, right? right. If they're ever going to, be. it's it's a hard, it's a hard sell because the Lakers are just so is entrenched, right? But I feel like during those Lob City years, they were fun and they were like you know entertaining but they weren't they didn't i don't know that story was like competing with kobe's last dance right so like everybody's still going to kobe see kobe you know and this year with the lakers you know sort of at the end of this um these this rough patch of years where they've been miserable and then like they get lebron but lebron gets injured they don't make the playoffs when everyone expected them to make the playoffs. All the trade rumors bugged everybody, right? Bugged all the young guys, you know, Brandon Ingram, whatever. And then, like, the Clippers are this team of, like, you know, pretty much no-name players yeah. who are all, like, you know, just coming together and, like, making a run and then making a really – Great. I mean, like, what other team won two games at Oracle this year? What other team? I don't even think there is one. I don't think there is one. Right? Yeah. Right? Like, the Clips took two at Oracle. Like, that's unbelievable. And so, like, their goodwill, like, their story was one of, like, you know, just this, like, like, role players coming together to be greater than the greater than some of their parts, you know? And that was, I think, really, really inspiring to their fan base here in LA. And it was amazing, man. People were pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm telling like the game went the, the way the game went. And like Durant just was out of control, you know? And like Lou couldn't get it going. Trez couldn't get it going. But, um, but, I mean, they were down, I think, 17 with, like, you know, six minutes left. And the crowd is, like, screaming chanting defense. Like, everybody believes they could do it, you know? And uh, that was really, really exciting. Yeah. It was really, really exciting. It was super fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that that Clipper team has probably been the most likable bunch that Clipper fans have had to root for in uh, maybe ever. You know, like that that might be like yeah. the most fun group that the Clippers have ever put together from like a fan likability standpoint. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the 
you know, the, 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 the Blake, the Lob City Blake CP3 teams were certainly entertaining and they obviously had like some great runs with JJ Reddick and, you know, all those guys, um, over the years. And they, they, they obviously lost to the Rockets in heartbreaking fashion a few times and to, yeah. to the Golden State Warriors and whatever. But I think like one thing about those teams was they kind of, uh, they rubbed people the wrong way. Um, and I, I, I do think it was like, it stemmed from the top it really stemmed from like chris and blake that like the way that they would go at officials just kind of it got old you know what i mean they were just such a they were such a cantankerous bunch in um in not like an appealing way (laughs) you know what i mean um in in like in in an annoying way in a grading way and uh i i would say this team this version of the clippers is decidedly different in that like you actually really want to root for these guys and they are this kind of like faceless, nameless bunch of guys. I mean, Wilson Chandler, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, uh, Zubach, Garrett Temple, Gallinari, Sindarius Thornwell, Jamichael Green, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Landry Shamet is going to be such an awesome, fun player. Um, you know, Montrez Harrell, Tyrone Wallace, uh, Jerome Robinson. Yeah. I mean, these like who are these guys really? You know, and all just like lunch pail guys. You know all lunch pail guys. Oh. Yeah, I mean Lou Williams. Like, who would have imagined that Lou Williams would be? You know, hitting these fadeaway incredible shots. I mean, I, I was saying to Ben the other week on the podcast, like, for me, the defining moment of this 2019 playoff run still to me was that game one, was it game one or game two? The comeback victory against the Warriors when they were down 30. Um, yeah. To me, that was that has still outside of maybe Lillard's, uh, you know, buzzer beater. That 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 game where the Clippers came back and beat the Warriors, it that will last, you know, that will last forever. The the Clippers will always have that moment. You know, the greatest comeback in the history of the NBA playoffs when they were down 30, 31 points, whatever it was, and uh, yeah. you know, like. Patrick Beverly, I felt just like put his stamp on that game and they just, they, they got contributions from all of these guys. And, uh, it's such a fun group. I'm curious how the team will head it into the off season, like who they'll try to, you know, recruit and acquire. And, um, I don't know, do you think the, the Clippers have a shot here in free agency of landing like one of these, one of the big fish, be, be it Kawhi or Durant or Kyrie Irving or whoever it is, you know, Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler or any of these guys? I think, I mean, I think, I don't think that Toronto has done anything to keep Kawhi. Like, uh, they've made moves around him or whatever, but, you know, that series is even. That series feels like it could go, uh, you know, either way, really, like Philly or Toronto. And, um, I wonder, I mean, I feel like, uh, I feel like the Clippers have a shot at, they can definitely make room for a max player without losing anyone. Yeah. Um, and you know, they could, they could really almost get two. I believe they can get two with, uh, you know, they'd have to say goodbye to some people, but I believe they can, they can, you know there is an there is an avenue there is a path for them to landing two max free agent guys if they want, um, but there's certainly yeah. the space for them to acquire one of those guys. So there was a guy behind me, yeah, sitting behind me, who was like very very loud, very animated Clipper fan. And at the end of the game, you know, we were all kind of like high fiving, like, man, what a season! Yeah, you know, 
you know, what, what team has a brighter future than, you know, the Clips right now. Like, they've got all this cap space and da 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 And he was like, I think they're going to get Kawhi and AD. Jeez. And he said he, he thinks they will because they can absorb Kawhi in free agency. Yeah. And then he thinks they can use Gallo to salary match for AD. Uh, and then, but that will require them shipping out a bunch of their young. Yeah. Some, so some of the things that we love about this like young scrappy team that that they would have to ship out. Yeah. 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 Which is tough because I think, I feel like, you know, the interviews I've read with Steve Ballmer, he's been like, we love this team. We love this group of guys. Right. But when you are a business owner and you have a chance to get like an elite, I mean, two of the like, top 10 players in the league, like, forget it. I mean, like, as much as I love the scrappy, you know, as I like to call them the Shush brothers, um, <laughs> you know, Shay and Sham, like, as much as I love them, to be like, yeah, I'll trade, I'll trade Shay, Sham, uh, Gallo, uh, who else? Who else can I package in this yeah. to get AD? Hey man, that's you know? that's the cost of doing business in the NBA. And if you're and if you're New Orleans, you're probably good with that because you know Shea is going to run point. He looked so good in those games. He's he such a special player, game. man. Yeah, he's going to be a really so good great. One. And yeah. like you know, you you go okay. We've got Drew to kind of like keep us afloat in New Orleans. We've we've got we develop Shea, we develop Sham. You know, maybe they can even get Harold in that deal. And, like, you bring over these three young special players who now have playoff experience, valuable experience, you know? And um, I don't know. I kind, of, I kind of feel like who says no to that? Yeah. Because, um, like, if those guys got, got – I mean, like, New Orleans couldn't make the playoffs with all their pieces. And, like, L.A. has made the playoff – I mean, you know, it was a split season. But, you know, like, before and after the Tobias trade. But, you know – LA made the playoffs and played really well with those guys. You might stand a better chance of making the playoffs with that with that group of you know four guys coming over. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, while we're on the topic of basketball in LA, before before we talk about uh, the current you know second round of the playoffs here, give me your sure. thoughts real quick about the state of the Lakers um, while we're talking off season. Uh, how do you feel about the Lakers? moving forward are you concerned do you think that you know is this a team are the lakers a team we're going to see in the nba playoffs next year uh i feel like they have to they have to. i mean right? they have to make the playoffs and i feel like uh now with magic out and it just being rob polinka i think you'll see some i think they'll do a better job of putting veteran pieces around LeBron. Like, um, you could easily see them going hard after, you know, like Pat Bev, you know what I mean? These kinds of guys who are like Mm -hmm. unrestricted free agents. Um, you know, I, I just think they will put better pieces around LeBron. All right. I'm I'm going to, cause like this year was just a bad roster construction start Mm -hmm. to finish. Mm hmm. And, um, 
yeah, I just think they'll. I think I think they'll make the playoffs next year. It's you tell me. Tell me who of this list of guys you think they're going to be that they will land. Right. Durant, right. Ka- Kawhi Leonard, no. Kyrie Irving, Kemba, no. Clay Thompson, uh, Porzingis is a restricted free agent. Demarcus Cousins, Jimmy Butler, uh, Nikola Vucevic, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, D'Angelo Russell. Malcolm Brogdon, Al Horford has a player option. Gasol, Marcus Gasol has a player option. Uh, Brooke Lopez, DeAndre Jordan. Any of these names? Um, I think, well, I mean, they could get DeAndre Jordan in a heartbeat, but sure. they won't. I, I don't think they want him. I think... Um, Any of the top ones? Uh, Durant, Leonard, Irving, Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, DeMarcus Cousins, Butler, Tobias so, Harris? So if Boston... Go if Boston loses the series to the Bucks, I could see Kyrie being like, "Yeah, I'm going to go back to LA and play with LeBron." I could see that. That seems plausible to me. You know, although I do think that he would take some flack for being like, "I wanted my own team," and then him being not able to carry the team. Like, you know, I think like if your reason for leaving Cleveland was you needed to be your own man and then mm-hmm. you go somewhere. What happened? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and that team gets like, you know, doesn't like one plays gets further without you. Right. Yeah. Uh, like last year to this year or whatever. Um, and then, uh, you, you kind of like wash out in the second round of the playoffs and then you go kind of like back into the warm, comforting embrace of LeBron. Um, I think you kind of have to, you know, I'm sure he would never like contextualize it that way, but I think uh, I think the press would kind of have a field day with that. Man, I got to be honest um, with you. Like, I think Kyrie might be the most likely. Like, I, I I'm looking at this list and I don't see Durant wanting to play with LeBron. I feel like Kawhi has better options. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Kemba. I feel like if Kemba is going to leave uh, Charlotte, he seems very much embedded in Charlotte. I feel like. If he was going to leave Charlotte for anyone, it would be like his hometown team, the Knicks. But I don't, I don't even know about that. Clay Thompson seems like a fixture in Golden State. Boogie Cousins, I don't know. Like, didn't he just tear his quadricep? Like, he's no sure thing. I, I, Jimmy Butler sounds like he's likely going to resign with the 76ers. To me, it's like mm-hmm. it really is Kyrie. Like, Kyrie would be the most, to me, the most logical guy to yeah. go say hey you know i actually want to go play with LeBron, with lebron james in la i mean I, if i was kemba i would if i was kemba walker mm-hmm. i would do it sure i would be like get me of course out of charlotte sure i mean as much as you can love a city like love a city but just be like i'm sorry i know michael jordan is a terrible owner and we, I need to get away from him. He just like, seems like he likes being there. I don't know. You know, like, it's one of those, like, perplexing things. I don't know. Well, he's the guy. I mean, he's the guy. But, yep. like, it is just, like, they, you know, that that franchise is so just... Stuck in the mud. Of Yeah. And, and like, going nowhere. And yeah. It's like, they have no flexibility to do anything. Like, right. it, it's just, I, I don't know. I, there's... He's the sort of player where you're like, why, why don't you want to do more in a way? Yeah. Like the story of like, you He's, know, telling the story of like, I love Charlotte. I want to do well by Charlotte, I think is great. And uh, the, the kind of spirit that I think we like want out of players, you know, mm-hmm. in the same way that like Damian Lillard has been like, no, I'm, I play in Portland, you know? Um, 
I feel like Kemba Walker and Damian Lillard kind of occupy the same headspace for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Like both. I mean, Dame's a better shooter, and maybe Kemba's a better defender. But like, um, in that mold of like good guys, small market teams. We're gonna. I'm gonna try to get stars to come play with me. Yeah, here. they want to be like the king of a small market, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, although I think Damian Lillard is maybe the most likable person in the NBA now. Yeah, like I, even I, more than even more than Boban. I would say he's like winning the NBA playoffs this year for sure. Like his last series Big is time. pretty like I, I don't know how you compete with that. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I'm curious what the Lakers do here and uh, and what the Clippers do here in free agency. So it'll be an interesting, you know, handful of months, um, for the city of Los Angeles and professional basketball. All right, Matt, let's, let's hop over and talk about some of the, uh, the round two matchups real quick before I let you go. So we have the Warriors and the Rockets. Now, uh, the Warriors are up two games to none after last night. Uh, obviously last night was the, uh, hardened bloody eyeball game and, and Curry dislocating his finger on his non-shooting hand. Um, kind of a, a lot to unpack here but you know just i was curious like what what do, what do you make of the series do you see an avenue a path for the rockets to get to get back into it and uh if so how, how might that happen i feel like in in learning from the the clippers series and, and really just because golden state is so dominant like you you it feels like you have to steal one out of the gate to feel like you yeah. have a chance right yeah. like my thought is less like how could Houston pull this out and more like how do they avoid getting swept? Wow. Like it's so, I feel like it's dire. I got to be honest. Because- I was pretty encouraged by the game one loss. Like I felt like in game one, um, they got some unlucky breaks and I was like, okay, well if golden state just needs to be lucky in order to win this, then like maybe Houston has a real shot here. And then last night, they were just totally outskilled. And obviously like when Harden got poked in the eye and he's like bleeding out of his eyeball and stuff, I was like, Oh Jesus, maybe this is going to be a lot uglier than I initially thought. Moments ago, here's the injury to James Harden. The swipe down by Draymond Green inadvertently hits him right directly in the eye here as they're both going for that rebound. Harden goes down and I like the sportsmanship here. It goes out of bounds. Taking a look at Harden's, Injured eye, you can mm. see eyes both. Bloodshot. I don't know. I mean, the Rockets are now like they've been obsessed with like the officiating in these games, right? Like, are they kind of in their own head? It just seems like there's always some sort of like built-in reason for for Harden and the Rockets why they're not going to like figure it out every year. And it just seems like this year it's going to be about the refs, and next year it'll be about something else about Chris Paul how he's hurt. Um, but you really think right, that Golden, yeah, you really think that Golden State is gonna that they're gonna just like make quick work of the Rockets here. I could see it. I could see this one going like uh, what? Ha- what was was it? Maybe like three years ago, where like Harden just didn't show up in Game Six or Seven yes. of, of whatever season, you know? And it's like, I mean, I look if he's injured, he's injured, and they're they're they've got no chance. You know, um, but it just feels like, and I agree with you that, that there is always kind of like a reason why Houston just couldn't get over the hill with it or like, you know, um, and, and I think that's just because 
Golden State is so good. Like, Golden State is so good that you need to be lucky and play basically perfect basketball. Like, your perfect game, right? Like, um, because Golden State is so talented that they're more likely to get lucky, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're not leaning on Gerald Green, you know, like they're not like Houston's yeah. role players are they're just like, not. They actually need Daniel uh, House to be good. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, yeah, and like, Golden State Golden doesn't have that State, problem. Golden State right. is like not dipping into the Alfonso McKinney right reserves. Well, yeah, in this series, yeah. like they don't need to. The difference you know? is like Curry. Curry Quinn, dislocates. Quinn Cook is not really getting minutes. Right, Curry so. dislocates a finger, and Golden State says, "Perfect." Then we'll just hand the reins to Durant. You know what I mean? And. You know, I, I I was thinking just about like the Warriors in like a big picture sense. You know, I think like the moral of the story of Game Two and really like the 2019 playoff run for the Warriors has been like, you know, Durant has really been the engine for that team. Like he's he's basically put the Warriors on his back, and you know they've they've gotten exceptional I think contributions from guys like Clay and Draymond. Draymond was fantastic last night. Obviously. Curry is this like unquantifiable thing. Like his value is like, it has no value. Like the way he plays with such speed and he scores in bunches, but golden state has really ridden on the back of Kevin Durant thus far throughout the 2019 playoffs. You know, like I think when you, when, when you look back on that collapse that they had to the Clippers and like credit the Clippers, maybe, you know, like circling back here. Like I think after they had that meltdown against the Clippers where they blew the 30 point lead, Durant was just like, well, screw this. You know what I mean? Like, just screw this. I'm going to own this team. This, this is now my team. You know what I mean? And you've just seen these scoring outbursts from, from, from Durant over the last two weeks of, you know, 40 points the other night, last night, he was incredible with, uh, what do you have? I think he had, yeah, 29 points, four assists, five rebounds. Uh, you know, he's, he's eight from eight for 10 from the line. He's shooting, you know, three from six, three for six from three. Um, and just all across the board, you know, like you're, you're getting contributions from Clay Thompson. Draymond Green was great. great. Steph Curry was a plus nine um, when he was on the court with 20 points. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, this could be a steamroll sort of situation here for the Warriors against the Rockets. Yeah. And then it really feels like whoever faces them next, whether it's Denver or whether it's Portland, it's like both of those feel like major uphill battles. Yeah, right. I, I don't know. Who do you think? Because I'm basically willing to go. Like, I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be. Let's. Say, I'm gonna be very honest. I would be surprised if Houston wins the game. Like, I will be pleasantly surprised. I will be glad for it. All yeah. I want is for Houston. Like, as much as I can't stand watching James Harden play basketball, I was like, I would rather have an upset. You know what I mean? I would just sure. rather have it not be you know, have this same outcome that we had last year, which is like from the jump, we all know the Warriors are going to win and we talk about everything a bunch, but at the end of it, we all know the Warriors are going to win. Let me ask you coming into this series. Did you think it was going to be any different than it, than it has been? Like, did you, were you one of those people, like, were you one of those like NBA, like internet heads who was like, no, I think actually the Rockets are going to upset the Warriors or I think it's going to go seven games. Or were you this certain the whole time that the Warriors were just going to like sweep the Rockets or win in five or something? I think the word, I mean, I think I, I, like last year I was very, very 
into the idea of Houston making it happen. I thought they would. Yeah. And, and, uh, but this year, I think Houston's worse this year than last year. Like James Harden might be better. Right. But the team around him is worse. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, they went from like Trevor Ariza to Daniel House. You know, I think people get like very swept up in the romance of Harden's story. You know what I mean? Like the same people making the case that Harden is or was the MVP of the season are often the same people being like, no, I think the Rockets can beat the Warriors. And, you know, I think there's, there's this like romantic aspirational thing that happens where people like want to believe that something could be and could be the truth. But in actuality, it's like, who, who do you think of the teams that are left that is actually, actually stands a chance? Against, uh, against the Warriors. So like including, including Eastern conference teams, right? Including Eastern Conference teams. Like, All right, so let's line them up. So the, we have so eight it, teams mm-hmm. remaining. So in the West, we have the uh, the Blazers. We have the Blazers and the Nuggets. We have the Rockets, okay. and then in the East, we have the Raptors, the Sixers, and the Celtics and the Bucks. I would say, I think of those teams, I don't th- I don't like anyone in the West. I don't like any anyone in the West giving uh, Golden State a shot. Um, I agree. I would say out of the East, um, I think Toronto could give them some problems. And depending on the night, maybe maybe Philadelphia, but I think Toronto would be my choice. I feel like, for me, it's, I think Philadelphia is... No. So I, I think Philly and... A little bit of Boston, mm-hmm. like the best version of Boston. The best version of Boston. Like, because I think Philly, Philly, like Embiid is good enough that even when the Warriors play their small lineup, like I don't think they'll play Embiid off the floor the way they play Capella off the floor. Right. I just don't know what Embiid is, man. Like I, I, I want to be- yeah. listen. Like I love the Sixers. I love. Uh, you know, like I love that roster. I love the idea of the Sixers. I love the process, all that stuff. I just don't know what to expect from Joel Embiid on a night-to-night basis. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when when all of a sudden he just wasn't available for that. Was it Game One or Game Two against the Nets? I was like, yeah. w- wait a minute, we're in the we're in the NBA playoffs. Like, are we really doing this? Like, and and they were down. Yeah. They were down a game, right? They were. It was so. It was Game Two. They were they were down o one. It was like, yeah, Embiid's not available tonight. It's like, well, then what the fuck are we doing? You know, like, like right. if he's not available in like a crunch time, like we got to have this game situation, then what are we doing? So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just don't know like what his availability is, like how reliable he is, like how dependable he is. Also, I mean, Simmons, man, like the guy, the guy can't shoot. Like he's not. So we're just, I mean, it's great that he can drive to the rim, but. You're telling me that with four minutes left in a close game, the guy, he's just a non-factor, right? Like, he's just not going to be able to pull up and take a shot. He's, he's a rebounding and passing machine, but he's just he's, he's unavailable to take a shot from 18 feet out, right, with four minutes left. But, and, I mean, that's basically Iguodala, too, right? Right. Yeah, I just feel I like... Mean, like Iguodala will hit a corner three, though. I mean, like, yes, it's, it's, 
Sure, I give you Iguodala for Ben Simmons. This is the aspirational thing of like wanting someone to win. Right. You know what I mean? Like wanting someone to have a chance. Like Um, I I think I think if you if I think if you ask Steve Kerr, it's like, how would you like to trade Andre Iguodala for Ben Simmons? He'd be like, Yeah, great, no worries. I still have Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, uh, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green on the court. And Brett Brown is like, Well, okay, well maybe Jimmy can hit a clutch shot. Uh, who else do I have? You know, like hoping for some stuff. Maybe, maybe Reddit can get some action going. Uh, you know, Embiid, yeah. Embiid is not like really a reliable three point shooter, so he's got to play in the post, right? I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I don't. Um, the Sixers haven't earned my trust, and I would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. when you ask like who's a viable team against the, the Warriors, I will trust. I can trust Kawhi Leonard. I've seen him do it. I've seen him win an NBA championship. He was a finals MVP. And I think the ensemble he has around him is like diverse. Uh, they're big. I mean, they can throw a lot of different looks. I'm not saying that they would beat the Warriors, but I think they're the best chance for making it a long series. Um, I don't know. I mean, the way they use Gasol, Pascal Siakam, uh, just that whole team. I mean, they're, they're, they're long. Those guys... Uh, I don't know. They can, they have a lot of different looks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a hard time believing Gasol is going to stay on the floor yeah. in a series with Golden State. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, I mean, I, I think Siakam's a very, very special player, but uh, I just, uh, it's too easy to see like Lowry doesn't show up. You know what I mean? Yep. And then you're 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 leaning hard on Fred Van Vliet to to come through. And um, I love Fred Van Vliet, but I just not against the Warriors. Yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 exactly what we we're talking about. It's like we're we're search we're searching for a story. You know, like and the truth yeah. is, like yeah. we know what the Golden State Warriors are. You know, we we know what they are. We're, we're not hoping. You know, we're hoping Kyle Lowry would show up in a big moment. We don't have any doubt that Steph Curry is going to be fine or Durant's going to be fine. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. All right, man. Anything else you want to cover? I know you got some stuff to take care of over there, so I don't want to. I don't want to hold you up. Um, yeah, I talked a big game about the baby being asleep, and she is not asleep. Hey, real quick, b- before I let you go, um, yeah. we have the NBA lottery in two weeks. Um, the uh, let me give you the odds real quick bef- before you take care of uh, your daughter. The Knicks are at fourteen percent chance of winning the number one overall pick. The the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Suns are all fourteen percent. The Bulls are twelve point five percent. The Hawks are ten percent. Um, what do we think, man? I mean, Zion would be he would certainly look great in that the the red and black of the Chicago Bulls. Yes, he would. I, I, I mean, I think he's the only real sure thing in this draft. Um, I mean, could the Bulls get lucky enough to, to back into the number one pick? Maybe, but I doubt it. I, you know, I was reading a mock draft today, and, you know, even the top three are kind of fun, right? You've yeah. got, you know, you got Zion, yep. you got Jamaran, and yep. you got uh, R.J. Barrett. Yeah. I think... You know, R.J. Barrett, you could develop. John Morant, I really like. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, if the Bulls got the number two pick and they could get John Morant, I would be pretty ecstatic. Yeah, man. 
Um, because they need a point guard. I think he's the one that, like, no one's really talking about. Obviously, like, the Zion fever is so hot and heavy, but, like, God, that Morant kid, I think he's going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, I think he'll be, I think he'll be great. I think he'll be a great point guard. You know, you just hope that, uh, and I think that uh, my hope would be that there's no way that he's going to slip, because basically, like, unless Phoenix gets the number one overall pick, and takes God. Zion, like, I, I don't know. I mean, um, like, Cleveland probably wouldn't take John Morant, and I don't feel like, or, and who, who's the, uh, so it's the Cleveland, Knicks, sorry, the, the Knicks, Phoenix. Cavs, Suns, uh, Bulls, and right. Hawks. Would the Knicks take him? Yeah. The Knicks would take yeah. him second. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I just don't think, unless the Bulls move up to two or one, I don't think there's a world in which they get him. So yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to pin my hopes on it, you know. Gotcha. All right. Um, but yeah, the Bulls are probably going to get somebody and they're going to say that he's, you know, ready to help now and he'll get an ankle injury and play for three years. Oh, God. How depressing. All right. Well, Matt, yeah. I'm going to let you go. The NBA playoffs continue this week. Um, thanks for taking a few minutes here on the line. We will talk to you sometime, I don't know, before the NBA finals or something. All right. Sounds good. All right, All right I'll talk to you soon. All right, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matt Hobby. My name is Chris Mundelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy watching the NBA playoffs, and I will talk to you guys next week.